We all have questions. We all need answers. It is on this program that we get our answers from the Bible. It's time to Ask the Preacher with Rev. Carl Gallops of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. Welcome to another edition of Ask the Preacher. I'm Mike Bates, your host, and with me in the studio, as he is every week, the pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida, Reverend Carl Gallops. Welcome, Carl. Thank you, Mike. It's an honor to be here. I have a question for you today that has to do with Old Testament law and whether or not it is applicable to modern-day Christians. And people often will quote things from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, especially uh, Deuteronomy and Numbers Mm -hmm. about various things that hardly anybody follows anymore. Right. And yet every once in a while, well, the Bible kind of says you got to do that. I mean, it's got everything from uh, how we prepare food to how we dispose of human waste. Right. And... We don't seem to follow much of that anymore. Mm -hmm. Are we sinning here? Mm -hmm. That's your question? (laughs) That's the question. Are we sinning here? Are we sinning here? (laughs) No, no, you and I are not sinning here. Let let me ask it in a more direct and appropriate manner. Are Christians today bound by Old Testament law? Yes, and I knew that's where you were going to go, and I was going to restate it that way. Um, Yes and no. Now, whenever I answer that way, people think I'm walking the fence, but I'm not. That is the answer, and let me explain. Because, first of all, we have to remember those laws, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, uh, uh, Numbers, especially especially the book of Leviticus, for example. That's the one that everybody um, uh, really questions, um, uh, filled with laws. I mean, it's just like a law book. Uh, uh, those laws, first of all, context is so important, Mike, so important when you study the Word. Those laws specifically and first and primarily were given to Israel. Now, the principles and precepts are applicable, were applicable, and are applicable today. But the laws, the specific laws, were given to the nation of Israel. Now, who was the nation of Israel some 3,000 years ago when those laws were given? Well, they were the nation, uh, 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 they were the nation of former slaves that had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. God brings them out by the deliverer named Moses. He brings them into the promised land where he's going to make a great nation out of them. They have been living in abject slavery and poverty and depravity and godlessness and paganism for 400 years of generations. God brings them out and he says, now I'm going to make you into a theocracy. I'm going to make you into a powerful, mighty nation. And, but I want you to be separate and holy. I, you can't live like animals and slaves and pagans anymore. So he gives them these laws specifically for Israel at that time. Now, so for example, you get into Leviticus and there's passages in there that say, thou shalt not have sex with animals. Uh, thou shalt not have sex with your sister. Thou shalt not, you know, kind of embarrassing for us to talk about here on the radio. But, but listen, um, we still have those laws on the books today. I mean, why? Because of the unhealthiness of it, uh, the genetic problems with it, the, the, just the, the basic immorality of it. But why would God give those laws? Well, because the Israelites had either seen it or had been participating in it over 400 years of generations in Egypt in this pagan land. And so he 
he gives dietary laws, he gives laws about sexual relationships, personal relationships, he gives worship laws, temple laws, civil laws, criminal laws. What are all these laws for? To develop these people into a separate people, into a godly people, into a holy people, into a civilized culture who could operate that culture of hundreds of thousands and eventually millions of people within that country in a way that would honor God and honor his word and honor his heart as how a people should really live. Now that's the context of the laws, Mike, as to how they were given. But now, so that's why I say yes and no. Uh, yes, the principles and precepts still apply. Uh, for example, uh, thou shalt not have sex with your sister. I mean, that's almost every law book on every state in the United States because we understand why uh, the terrible things that happen from that medically and socially speaking. Um, so yes, some of the laws are very applicable. Um, uh, other laws are not applicable because of uh, technological advancement or because of fulfillment through Jesus Christ. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. The laws given, Mike, in those first five books of the Bible, which often those first five books are called by Hebrews the law or the Torah uh, or the Pentateuch, the Pentateuch meaning five, Torah meaning the law, the Hebrew word for the law. Those first five books, uh, Mike, are you can take all the laws that were given there and basically define, divide them into three major categories. You can divide them into laws concerning worship and temple. You can divide them into dietary laws. And then you can divide them further into civil and criminal law. Now, when you divide them that way, the answer is a little, the question is a little easier to answer about are they still applicable today? The worship and temple laws uh, taken in context, by and large, Almost all of them are not applicable today in that they were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, then you believe what Jesus said when he said, I did not come to destroy the law, but rather to fulfill it. So that's why Christians worship on Sunday now and not Saturday. And we've done a whole show on that, so I don't want to get into the details on that. Uh, that's why we don't sacrifice lambs in the temple every day everymore, because the Lamb of God has been sacrificed. Everything that was involved in worship and sacrifice sacrifice and temple ritual and ceremony and law and liturgy, every bit of it was used to point to the ultimate coming of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said. And we Christians understand that and we believe that. So the worship laws, the temple laws, no. Christians say, listen, we're not bound by those anymore. Uh, for example, the circumcision laws, that was all wrapped up in the religion and the worship and all. We're not bound by that anymore. Now, there's still medical debate on the medical use of circumcision. That's a whole other issue. But the religious issue of should every person be circumcised or else they don't belong to God? Well, of course not. Because all of those things were fulfilled and or uh, further, further revealed or explained in the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, so worship and temple laws, uh, by and large, are obsolete. However, the principles and precepts still remain. What do I mean by that? Well, the general teaching of the worship and temple laws was that to honor God, he is holy, uh, to keep this day of worship, your Sabbath, to keep it holy, um, that we should approach God with holiness and reverence, that we should assemble ourselves to worship the Lord, we should assemble ourselves as believers, etc., etc. So the general principles and precepts are absolutely applicable, whereas the jot and tittle of every one of the worship and temple laws are not. Because they were fulfilled. 
Now, let's talk about the category of dietary laws, for example. Um, are they still applicable? Well, Mike, it's my uh, uh, theory that if we applied those Old Testament dietary laws to our lives, we probably would be a whole lot healthier. <laughs> so, so, you know, but we're given freedom in, in our diet. Uh, in fact, that is stated very explicitly in several places in the New Testament. Jesus stated it, Peter stated it, Paul stated it in different places in the New Testament, that we have a, a very general freedom in our dietary choices. However, we know from a medical standpoint that we are, there are consequences to our diet. Dietary uh, choices. Well, wh why were the dietary laws given to the to the Israelites then? Well, first remember that's right. Context: they were given to the Israelites first. Why? Well, they lived thousands of years ago. There was no refrigeration process. There was no uh, there was no preservation process of food like we know today. Um, pork, for example, was extremely dangerous to eat. Forget being unhealthy. It was dangerous to eat that animal and other types of animals and all the different uh, jot and tittles of description of what animals you could eat and what you couldn't, the cloven hoof and the uncloven hoof and all those different things that are found there. They're given, once they're examined scientifically and medically, they were given for very good purpose. We kind of laugh at them today because they seem so foreign and strange to us, but if you look at those laws from a strictly medical scientific standpoint, many of them make perfect sense. Um, we come into our day and age, and we have the technolo technology of, of the technological advancements of refrigeration and preserving of food, etc. Um, and, and, and so many of those laws don't necessarily apply to us because they weren't given directly to us. But the principles and precepts still apply. God cares about every area of our life. He cares about the way we treat our bodies. He cares about the way that we treat our bodies regarding the food that we put in it. Um, there are uh, commandments against gluttony, for example. God cares about that. He doesn't want his people appearing to be selfish and hog-like in their consumption of food. Um, he cares about uh, the kind of food that we eat and the way that we take care of our bodies with the knowledge we have. We now have the ability to preserve food, but now we're discovering that some of the very preservatives that we use can destroy our body. So many people, Christians included, non-Christians included, are choosing not to eat foods with certain kinds of preservatives. So we're given that freedom now. So do the dietary laws of Leviticus apply to a born-again Christian of today? In, in, in jot and tittle, no. In principle and precept, yes, they do. Now, we come to the civil and criminal laws, and that's the one that l most people have most of the problems with. Um, do they apply to us today? Well, yes and no. And, and again, context is everything. The civil and criminal laws, given in Leviticus particularly and other places, were given to who? The Israelites. When? Thousands of years ago. Why? They were coming out of slavery. They were going to be developed into the great nation of Israel with King Saul, King Solomon, King David. Out of Israel would come the temple of God, the word of God, the Christ of God. Uh, the Christian church would be born out of Israel. All of these things that God was going to do with Israel, they had to be a civilized people. And so he gave them civil and criminal law. He, a lot of those laws were applicable to the culture of that day. Uh, applicable to the context of that day. And they were in jot and tittle, applicable and commanded of God in that day particularly. 
Are they jot and tittle commanded of us today? No, some of them aren't even applicable anymore because of technological shifts and cultural shifts and societal shifts. But in principle and precept, yes, they're still applicable in that our laws need to be based upon fairness and godliness and based upon uh, uh, victims' rights and based upon uh, right and wrong and black and white. Uh, uh, yes, yes, God cares about the way a nation conducts itself. He cares about justice and equality. He cares about the, the, the rights uh, being violated of innocent people. Um, you get all of this from the Word of God. Um, he cares about these things. And so the argument goes like the death penalty, for example. See, people say, well, that's Old Testament stuff. Well, that's right. And so it's up to a culture now to make its decisions. But, but we can take the Word of God and say that the death penalty certainly was given by God. It certainly was used by God's people under God's law in hopefully a godly, just, and fair way, which is the way God demanded it. And it was used for the most heinous of, of crimes. Some, interestingly enough, we don't consider heinous anymore. But when studied in their context and in the spiritual context, they certainly are. But do we practice, for example, death penalty for adultery in our nation anymore? Well, no, we don't. Should we? Well, I think perhaps if we did, <laughs> under, under uh, the scrutiny of very carefully laid out system of fairness, etc., uh, our culture would certainly be, have a lot less of the ills that we have. But, you know, that's debatable. But the, but the point is, uh, there was the death penalty for for murder, the death penalty for, for rape. Uh, many of our states had and or still have on the books death penalty for murder and statutory rape, for example, when an adult rapes a child, for example. Um, uh, you know, where do we get that understanding from? From the Bible, from the Word of God. Uh, so are those laws applicable? Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, it's up to the culture. The culture is answerable to God. And look at our culture now where we've really laxed up on the death penalty in, in the, a few decades ago. Look what happened. Crime ran rampant. Look what's happened in the last decade where we've tightened up on the death penalty, where we've tightened, where we've loosened up the gun control laws. We've allowed people now to carry guns. What's happened to the crime rate in America? It is a proven statistical fact as you and I are sitting in this studio today. It's going down and down and down and down. Now, probably we'll never get to zero because, because we're a sinful, godless people at heart. But the point is, when we get a little closer to the way God said to do it, crime rate goes down. When we pull a little further away from the way God said to do it, crime rate goes up. So does it still apply to us today? Well, it's up to us. But if we do it God's way, probably we're going to come a lot closer to a more civilized society. Do you know if the law from the, the Torah, does it still apply to Jews today? Well, the Orthodox Jews right. would consider that by and large, that law still applies to them today. But now, listeners need to understand, I, I've been to Israel, and that doesn't make me an expert on Israel, but I've been there, I've seen it with my eyes, I have Israeli friends whom I communicate with about these topics regularly, plus for 25 years I've been in the ministry and studied and have a theological degree in this, so I speak with a little bit of authority with what I'm getting ready to say. The Orthodox Judaism is a considered a right-wing fundamental conservative branch of Judaism in the world today. In other words, Judaism as it's practiced by the masses of Jews today is not that orthodox. It doesn't take 
the first five books of the Bible and say, we got to go by these laws, jot and tittle. But there is a movement of orthodoxy within the Jewish world uh, that's very conservative, very fundamental, and says, yes, these laws apply to us still. Similar to Christians today, in the Christian world in America, you have a more liberal uh, line of Christianity, you have a more middle-of-the-road flavor of Christianity, and then you have a more conservative flavor, and then you have the dogmatic fundamental flavor. And, and, and so the dogmatic fundamental flavor of Judaism today says, yes, the f five books of the uh, of the Bible uh, apply jot and tittle to us today. Mm -hmm. But there are many Jews who disagree with that. Right. Well, and obviously some of the laws still do apply. The Ten Commandments, for instance, that's well, Book of Exodus. Okay, yes, so and let's talk about that. That's a perfect Can we do it example. after the break? Sure. When we come back after the break, because at least one of the laws of the Ten Commandments does not apply in jot and tittle, but does apply very powerfully in principle and precept. And we'll find out which one that is when Ask the Preacher continues. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher. I'm Mike Bates, and with us is Reverend Carl Gallups of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church. If you joined us late and only half heard what he said <laughs> before we had to take that That's break. That's always the danger of taking a break in the middle of this show. <laughs> he did not say that there's only nine commandments that matter anymore. He said that one doesn't matter in jot and tittle, but does matter in precept and principle. Right. So well, there whole, are still ten commandments. Yeah, the whole show and the question of the show was, is are, are Old Testament laws still applicable today? And of course, I spent the first half of this program, and I'm not going to repeat myself now, explaining how some are and some aren't. It depends on context and what we're talking about. Worship laws, well, those were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Dietary laws, or are we talking about civil and criminal laws, etc. But then I made the point before we went to the break that for as an, an example of this are the Ten Commandments, because you said something about, well, surely the Ten Commandments still apply, and, and yes, they do. And there's a good reason for it, contextual reason. But one of those commandments in particular does not apply in jot and tittle anymore, but does apply in principle and precept. And I'm speaking of the fourth commandment about observing the Sabbath to keep it holy. Now, I know some people are going to freak out listening to this and think, what is this preacher saying, that we don't have to keep the Sabbath anymore? No, I did not say that. The word Sabbath is not an English word. It is a transliteration of the Hebrew word Sabbat, which simply means rest, a day of rest. So what the commandment says is to remember the day of rest and keep it holy. Now, in the Old Testament, that day of rest was given what we would now know as Saturday. In the New Testament, however, through the fulfillment of Jesus Christ, the Lord's day becomes the day of rest for God's people. It, Jesus went through this whole spill about putting new wine in an old wineskin. You don't do that. You put new wine in a new wineskin. So even the day of Sabbat changed for Christians. Now, the, the jot and tittle of keeping it on Saturday is no longer applicable. But the principle and precept of God's people setting a day aside and saying this is our day of rest and worship does apply, which is why Christians worship on Sundays and you're not violating the law of God by doing that. Why? Well, because it is the Lord's day. What happened on Sunday? Well, that was the day of Jesus' resurrection, the central point of Christianity. It was also the day that the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost. Pentecost always falls on a Sunday. That was the day that the church 
was born because of that Holy Spirit given. And it was also the day, according to the New Testament scriptures, that the early Christians soon became accustomed to meeting on the first day of the week while they broke bread together and worshiped and fellowshiped and listened to sermons. So there is an example of how an Old Testament law from the Ten Commandments in jot and tittle is not applicable anymore, but in precept and principle it is. Now, all the other Ten Commandments are apl applicable even in jot and tittle. Why? Because they are gen general, contextual, con commonsensical understandings of the teaching of the entire Word of God, even in the New Testament. For example, the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before you. Of course not. The second commandment, not to make any graven images or idols to worship as God. Of course not. The third commandment, to not take the Lord's name in vain. Of course not. I mean, that's Old Testament and New Testament. The fourth commandment, to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Well, I've already explained that. The fifth commandment, to honor your father and your mother. Wow, the New Testament has tons of teaching on that. Uh, the sixth commandment, uh, thou shalt not murder. Uh, of course we understand that. Uh, the seventh one, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. Um, uh, of course, the New Testament teaches that. Uh, the next one, thou shalt not bear false witness. Of course, we understand that. Uh, thou shalt not steal. Of course, that's New Testament teaching. Uh, thou shalt not uh, uh, covet. Uh, of course, that's New Testament teaching as well. So, so you see, that's why the Ten Commandments are still totally applicable in jot and tittle, except the fourth one. But even that is applicable in precept and principle. So, you see, that's why I answer the question, Mike, when people say, well, Old Testament, is that applicable anymore? Well, yes and no. Yes and no. Some of it is jot and tittle applicable. Some of it is principle and precept applicable. All of it is applicable to the Christian life. Do we go by line by line and try to keep the Old Testament law so God will love us more? Of course not. Of course not. Jesus made that very clear, that every bit of that was fulfilled in him, his life, his presence here on earth, his incarnation, his death, his resurrection, his ministry, and his teachings. And so the Christian is to follow the life, teaching, and example, and principle of Jesus Christ. Well, and Jesus is the New Testament, the New Covenant. He's the, the, the New Covenant. He is the New Covenant. We don't have a lot of time to get into it, but in the two minutes or so that we do have, um, can you quickly tell us what laws we do need to abide by? And I don't mean from the Old Testament laws, just in general. Okay, we've got yeah. the new covenant. Jesus yeah. died for our sins, the blood of the sacrifice yeah. of him dying on the cross. Jesus was asked that question. The Pharisees asked him, he says, tell us, which of the laws is the greatest? His answer, number one, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Number two, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then Jesus said, in these two are wrapped up all of the law. Now think about that. If a person were to just truly love God with everything that he is, and if you do that, you say, well, I want to know his word. I want to love him. I want to do his will. And then if a person would practice love for those around him. Now, I didn't say you have to like. The Bible doesn't say you have to like everybody. But it says you, you've got to love them if you're a Christian. Now, what does love mean? I mean treat them with honor and dignity and respect uh, as a human being. We go through the course of life and we have disagreements with people and we have misunderstandings with people and we have miscommunication with people and we got to work through those in lawful ways and godly ways and all of those things. But Jesus said if a society could learn to love him and to love one another, that all of the laws would be fulfilled. So yeah, 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the, the word of Jesus. And so that would be my answer to you. Those would be the most important laws. Now, wrapped up in those two principles are hundreds of laws. But you see, when a person's born again, the Holy Spirit lives within them. And the law of God, the Bible says, is written on their heart. In other words, Mike, because I'm a born-again Christian, I don't have to carry the Ten Commandments around in my pocket to know that murdering somebody's wrong. I don't have to carry it around in my pocket to know that cheating on my wife is just godless. I don't have to carry them around in my pocket to know that I shouldn't steal from somebody. I don't have to carry them around to know that I shouldn't tell a lie on you so that your life and 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 jo and and uh, business is destroyed. See, why do I know these things in my heart? Because the Holy Spirit has put them on my heart. I'm a born again Christian. The law has been written on my heart. That's what the Bible says. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us because we're out of time. Okay. Do you However, understand my answer now? I do understand. The answer it. is yes and no. Yes and no. But, but it is a <laughs> it good answer, sense, and, and it's a question that is asked so often. It is normally by people trying to get you. Yeah. Normally by oh, people well, trying the to twist Bible the law. Says, yeah. and then they well, and that's, quote Leviticus. And that's the thing: if you really love the Lord and you're born again, then you don't seriously ask a question like that because you know the answer. It's written on your heart. Exactly. There is great information on this and other topics at www.hickoryhammockbaptist.org. Carl, would you please close us in prayer? Okay. And Jesus, may we learn to keep the two most important laws, to love you with everything we are and everything we have, and to love those around us. Lord, help us to be law-abiding children of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.